Hello out there. We're on the air. Welcome back to another day, another daily Bitcoin journey. We're hot, folks. We are hot. The daily Bitcoin journey, actionable and logical discussion for Bitcoiners and for future Bitcoiners. So things are going pretty well in the old world of Bitcoin. But we have to keep in mind, this is the show here focuses on logic. There's no hype. We can celebrate a little bit. We can be happy for a little while, but we're not even close to where we're going to. And that's what we're talking about today. The title of the show, this is bigger than we can imagine. And that's an understatement, I think. This is far beyond anything that we can even comprehend what's happening here. She's been a morning, logged on about 7 a.m. this morning. And there was issues with StreamYard, which is the streaming service I use connecting to YouTube. So up until about five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, maybe this wasn't on YouTube. So I was in absolute panic mode trying to figure out what to do trying to figure out what I need to do. And I was setting up zap.stream. So th this is a good reminder. Let's start the show with this. This is a good reminder that even when things are going great, even when you think nothing can go wrong, that's when shit goes wrong. So just because Bitcoin's going up in price, just because everybody's happy, that's usually when the YouTubes, the Coinbases, the Binances, the hell is this? Buzz. That's when everybody goes down because when, when Bitcoin wins, everybody else loses. And when these people lose, they get very desperate and very uncomfortable. So we have to be ready for that in every possible way. And that includes something as simple as YouTube. I have no idea if it was intentional or not. I doubt it just based on how fast it came back on. It was only down for about an hour, but I have been through this before the last time that Bitcoin was running four years ago. I remember every time you every time it would go up, way up, or every time it would go down, like crash down, all the exchanges would just shut down, down for what do they call it maintenance. They weren't down for maintenance, they, they were either buying, or they were selling. And they didn't want me to be able to get in on the fun. They didn't want you to be able to get in on the fun. And we've seen this. This is not my opinion on anything. We saw it happen with GameStop. Whenever the little guy is winning, they stop the game. So just before I get into anything else today, one thing I would do is just consider that with everything, everything you have, everything that you do online, if you have a bunch of documents within gmail google drive anything make sure you have a backup of that because at any given moment it could change and they could all of a sudden decide that we don't want these people doing this anymore with whatever that is and i would also i don't just because the kyc aspect involved with different exchanges i don't love setting up a whole bunch of different ones but it probably would be a good idea if i were you just to have a couple different exchanges set up. You don't have to you don't have to use them. But register on a few different exchanges in case that time comes 
where you either want to buy or you want to sell and the exchanges are down. At least that way you have a couple, you can diversify. It's important. So if you're in Canada, use the link in the description, get a bull Bitcoin account. Even if you don't buy any Bitcoin today, tomorrow, a month from now, at least you have another backup play from what you usually buy. And if you're on bull Bitcoin, set up a couple different accounts. And if you need some guidance, some direction for that, just shoot me an email. 88sats at proton.me. Stuff's important. And I see that I forgot to, she's been in morning. I apologize to everybody. Should be a lot more pumped than I am, but stuff like that just pisses me off. So we'll tweet out to the Nostra world, or not tweet. We'll send it out. We'll even go caps today. There we go. I got to remember to do that. Today was a bit of an oddball, though. Okay, well, we got a shitload of stuff to talk about here today. Johnny's here. Working hard to make fiat money to turn it into Bitcoin. M Tuner in the house. Scott, Jason. Rock and roll. What do we got today? Good morning, wonderful Bitcoiners. Wall Street isn't taking over Bitcoin. Bitcoin is taking over Wall Street. Need a, you need a book or something we could put all these quotes into from rock and roll. Crypto Ethan, good morning. Told you it only dipped the other day because I bought it. <laughs> You're right. You are right. Another 180 bucks of Bitcoin. What a deal. How many sats would that be? I've been trying to get bet I've been trying to get better with math of conversions, but it's changing so often now. I was doing the conversions this morning for the Moscow and Moose Jaw time, and they are quite low. Letha, good morning. Good to see you here. Beautiful morning. Rocket red countdown liftoff. Rocket red countdown liftoff. That's how I see it on my screen. <laughs> Mav, Nimlord. Holy, there's a lot of people here today. Wen Lambo. <laughs> okay, let's get into this. So start the show with a quote. I like to I like to mix in some quotes once in a while. It's not every day because it's hard to get good relevant quotes every day. But here's one for you. There will be a moment in time when I can buy my food, clothing, and shelter in Bitcoin. And people won't want dollars anymore. That's a quote from Tim Draper. And apparently, what the hell is going on? There's a fly in here. That's going to be very distracting for me. <laughs> uh, how is it there are flies? Fucking February. Tim Draper. I did a little bit of research into him. He's apparently he's a 2.3 billionaire. He's a Silicon Valley venture capitalist, but supporter of Nikki Haley. I think he's a funder of Nikki Haley. So don't love Tim Draper, but love the quote. And that could have came out of anybody's mouth. And it's absolutely true. There will be a moment in time when I can buy my food, clothing and shelter in Bitcoin. And people won't want dollars anymore. How far away do you think we are from that? I honestly don't think it's that far. And yeah. Focus on the words, not the person who said it. 
Nikki Haley. Wow, what a run she's having. That's a that's just peak. That's peak fiat world. Nikki Haley. What an absolute disgrace to the world. Like how much how many dollars has she wasted running that campaign? I would love to see a figure on that. And one thing that would not happen on a on a Bitcoin standard, Nikki Haley. There's no chance that people would give Bitcoin to support that kind of bullshit. Okay, well, we're 10 minutes in. We haven't even covered the metrics yet. It's going to be a longer show today, I think. We got some things to talk about. Let's get to the metrics. Currently, we are at block height 832270. Let's see who mined it. Fees are about average. I'd say they're quite a bit up from the weekend. On the weekend, there were seven sats per V-byte. Now they're 26. Foundry was the lucky winner of that one. I really, really, really want to start mining Bitcoin here. It's my, I got about six months, I think, before the next winter, I want to have it set up in my house somehow, some way. But maybe it'll say miner there, Jor, one day. And I'll get me 6.5. No, I guess at that time it would only be about 3.3 Bitcoin probably. So that is the mempool.space. I don't know what the price is because I've been running around scrambling here. The price the last time I checked was 57,102, which is yesterday 51,000. That's by far the biggest jump we've seen since I've been doing the daily Bitcoin journey. Last year, you could have purchased one Bitcoin for 23,450 in USD. Four years ago, 2020, right, right about the time when the world shut down and went completely batshit crazy, you could have purchased one Bitcoin for $8,800 US. Moscow time today is very low, very low. One US dollar will get you 1,748 sats. So the idea there, we're watching the price in US dollars, but we want we want the price to keep going up and to the right. And we want the Moscow time, the one USD to sats, we want that to go down. Here in Canada today, she's a beauty. Worst day of the winter yesterday, I think it was so windy, it snowed. And then today it's just gorgeous again. We'll blame that on YouTube too. <laughs> uh Canada today 77,106 Canadian dollars. I remember like it was yesterday. It was only a couple weeks ago, but I was we were blown away the fact that it got to 60,000 uh Canadian. Now it's at 77, up $8,000 from yesterday morning. That's that's insane. But like we said, this train has this train hasn't even left the station yet in my eyes. Moose shot time. Canadian, the Canadian equivalent to Moscow time. One Canadian dollar will get you 1,296 sats. What a deal. 1,296. When that gets to one to one, that means that Bitcoin is $100 million. Could you imagine? Yes, we can. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We got a bunch of stuff here. Full page. Usually I read it in a notebook, but I just had way too much to talk about today. And I didn't want to 
ruin the notebook. <laughs> okay, so let's get started here. Let's get started with for the first thing here. In the in the living in the future tier, there's a link below if you want to check it out. It's the Patreon. But in there, we talked about about 10 business ideas last week. And one of those businesses that we talked about was called the Bitcoin Loop. This was an idea that I had. Somebody, actually, I'll just kind of give a quick overview of it. But I really want somebody to take on that initiative because I think it's going to be very, it's a very opportunistic time to be doing that right now. Because from for uh, an example, this morning, every time I do this show, I look through as much news as possible. And so if you had something like this where you kind of consolidated it all once a week and sent it out to a mailing list, I'll even sponsor it for you. I'll sponsor your first couple months if you do that. And I might even go in with you because I do think that there's a real opportunity here to consolidate mailing lists, get the best info and send it out to people who want to stay in the loop with Bitcoin. So if you're interested, make sure to check the Patreon. I think you can watch a free video. It might even be on that one. But if not, and another reason why you should absolutely be joining the Patreon, even as a free member, because today when YouTube went down, I was going to have to stream on Rumble. I'm also setting up a Zap.Stream account. LB was pissing me off this morning. LB's the desktop extension. But if YouTube's down, you can check the Patreon and I'll have some sort of update on there of where the stream will be. So that's important. If you're if you're somebody who watches the show every day, um, you can join the Patreon as a free member. And so you'll just have updates with that if, if anything ever happens like that. So that is the Bitcoin loop. And there's there's kind of something for everybody on there. So whether you're brand new into Bitcoin, there's the course, or you're a little bit more advanced, the monthly one is we cover more advanced topics to become better Bitcoiners. That's the idea there. So check it out. The link should be working below. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Where are we here? The thing about doing it like this is it's kind of scrambly. What was the next thing? Oh, so yesterday on the show, this is the first thing I want to start with today because it'll lead into the, the ending. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was yesterday, the first comment in the chat was from a guy I'd never seen before. The name was Pomp. I don't know if Pomp's in the house today or not. But he asked me a question. The question was, I have 90% of my savings in Bitcoin, 90%, 9-0, and the rest is in cash and a couple global ETFs. And his question was, when should I look into diversifying that in terms of one thing to consider? And once I had a sleep on it, I kind of had a, a better idea of what I wanted to say. It's hard to do things on the spot. I still stand with what I said yesterday, but this is just kind of a deeper dive into that. <clears throat> so he said, when should I diversify? And kind of the idea with Bitcoin is that if you, let's say you have 10% allocation to Bitcoin today. And as that increases, as, as Bitcoin value increases, as the price goes up, that allocation will grow. So if you wanted to stay at 10% allocation, you'd have to sell off some of your Bitcoin and start buying other assets. That's kind of the idea there. And in most situations, I would say that that's probably the best play. But in this case, if you got 90% in Bitcoin, I think that's exactly where you want to be. 
2024, 2025, we've seen what happened yesterday. In one day, the price jumped. I don't even know how much it was, 15% in one day. I think you're insane to be having your money anywhere else right now, honestly. But from that, and the the, diver the diversification, and that's a tough one to say, the diversification <laughs> comes after. That's my opinion. Diversify after. So get through 2024, get through 2025, hold on to that Bitcoin for dear life, and then start looking into other things. And you might ask into what? That's a great question. Although I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not a CFP. This is what I would do. Oh, that's an interesting comment. You're a good YouTuber with good content, but your videos are cut too short. I think they're too long, honestly. <laughs> so uh, so the, the question is diversify after into what? So what I would do, I would get some land. You got 90%, you got a nice little egg there of Bitcoin. Assume it's going to go up over these, these next couple of years, 20, 2024, 2025. And sometime during there, that's when you start shaving some off, diversifying a little bit. I would look into getting some land, probably in your area just for, you know, I'm not a land expert or anything, but that's what I would do. I would look into other assets like land, stuff you'd use. So if you've kind of been, kind of been putting off buying, a, in my case, let's say a tractor to shovel the lane, something like that, something that you're actually going to use something that's going to somewhat hold its value and something that you can diversify into a little bit. And the next one here is I would strongly look into private equity. And the reason I say that is because private equity is basically just really good, smaller businesses, businesses who haven't gone public. Because if you think about how many costs are involved with a company being public, being publicly traded, the amount of regulatory documentation they have to provide every year the auditing the legal fees there's so many fees that they just piss away because they're a public company so there's a ton of really good private equity investments out there that i would look into after bitcoin so an example of that there's a i think it's saskatchewan here you can actually buy chunks of farmland that's wrapped up into a private equity corp and you can buy shares in that farmland and it, every year they pay you rent from that. And it has really good tax incentives for the, some sort of deductions at the end of the year for private equity stuff. So that's what I would look into. Obviously, if you're that far away, you don't really need to know that right now. But the kind of the point of it right now is stay with Bitcoin, diversify after, and then look into something of real, something that you can either hold, use, or something like private equity. So that's kind of my follow-up to yesterday's, a little bit better answer. <clears throat> okay, so let's talk about this here. Actually, we're gonna break this up a little bit. I got a small, a short video to show you. And I like showing these videos from the past, from years ago, whether it's a news interview of somebody talking about Bitcoin, or a story that some people might not be as familiar with who are in Bitcoin. But here's the video from 
Jack yesterday, Jack Maulers. He's been doing a podcast every week on Mondays and some pretty good info. Last week he had his dad on, this week he had his dad on again, but they were talking about Satoshi Nakamoto. And that's kind of one of the, the big questions in Bitcoin is who's Satoshi. And so these guys weren't able to crack it. Obviously, they didn't really care to either. And I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that Satoshi did what he had to do or they did what they had to do. They released it intentionally without anybody, any face behind it. Because then it's not attached to anything. It doesn't It doesn't take anybody out of the equation with that. And I mean, even going as far as Trump, we were talking about Trump. And even if you were to support Bitcoin, I think he'd lose a lot of people from that. So imagine if people knew who created Bitcoin. I think it's an agency. And I think that in every entity, every organization, even if people kind of see them as a whole as being bad, like the government, for example, there are still really good people within every single organization and every single agency. So just because we paint this picture of a, we generalize and say this organization's bad, there are still very good people in those agencies. So that's kind of what my theory is on it. And I played this out in my head hundreds of times. And I just don't see any reason for a bad person or a bad actor to give the world Bitcoin. There's no benefit to them at all. So that's why I think that somebody or some group of people within an agency who had enough power and enough clout to be able to send it out to the world and just kind of see, let them do with what they want with it. And that's the thing too. It's like, even though Bitcoin pr price has doubled, everything's going well. It seems like everybody's buying into it. Things can still go wrong. We could still fuck this up. And one way that that would happen is selling all of our Bitcoin to BlackRock. I don't know what's going on with this dude or girl. You have good content, a lot of knowledge. Keep doing. Just give us more than 10-minute videos and don't cut the videos. We do a show every morning for about an hour and I don't edit or cut any of them. Great advice. <clears throat> okay, let's watch this. Uh, sorry. Sorry, Canal Fix. Picked the wrong day to say dumb shit. <laughs> okay. Let's bump this up. It's about two minutes long, two and a half minutes long. And they talk about, sorry. Um, I'll bring this up quickly. It's about two minutes long. And the story here is that they were talking about Satoshi, funny stories of Satoshi. And back in 2014, there was this guy. And I'm sure most people have seen his face now. He's become pretty popular. But I don't know if people really know the story there. So there was this guy named Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto. Some Chinese guy. And so Newsweek, they were doing all this investigation, trying to figure out who Satoshi was. And this is who they landed on. So this lady shows up at his house as he's walking out his door. And she's like accusing him of being Satoshi. So, <laughs> I mean, the fact that this guy went through all this trouble to stay anonymous the whole time, every step of the way. And he, 
he clearly wanted to remain anonymous through this whole thing for, for obvious reasons. Think about how much you'd have on you if you invented something like this and people knew who you were. That'd just be the biggest target ever on your back. So he wanted to stay or they wanted to stay anonymous. And the, the Newsweek goes to his house and accuses this guy of being Satoshi because that's what his middle name and last name are. Like, imagine being that stupid to think that somebody's going to go through all the trouble of being anonymous and they're just going to use their middle and last name and hope, hopefully nobody ever finds them out. That's the media in a nutshell. So this is the story on it. It's three minutes long or two and a half minutes long. It's pretty funny, though. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was trying to egg you on, Dad, to tell uh, some of the stories. I remember Dorian Nakamoto. So for those that don't know, this is this is fucking insane. For those that don't know, there's a sweet man whose name is Dorian Nakamoto, right? And it was was it Newsweek, the publication. It was so embarrassing. Newsweek just looked, just researched on the internet, I assume, or some index of names. Nakamoto as the last name found some Asian guy named Dorian, and then go up. Oh, because we, everyone thinks that Satoshi's Asian and last name is Nakamoto, you created Bitcoin and just utterly harassed this poor guy. It was. Well, it was his middle name. Is he Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto? Right. Yeah. Is that yeah? And was oh, it was a, that's a coincidence though. <laughs> for sure. I mean, no doubt. But I remember. I will. So when was that? Was that two thousand? Yeah. The humiliating part is that the the journalism she did to confirm his identity was it was laughable she pretty much just shouted at him as he was passing on the sidewalk right are you and and he said i i, I don't want anything to do with that and she said well he doesn't want anything to do with it anymore well that implies that at one point he had and that's and that coincides with satoshi announcing that he's moved on to other things i swear to god that was journalism i i, I don't have anything to do with that okay so satoshi that was the worst. That was just humiliating. It was, wasn't he like, yeah. hey guys, to cure all the speculation here, like, I'm not even a software engineer. It's like, I don't write code. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, it's something Satoshi would say. It was, <laughs> it was like, I'm uh, serious. It was March 2014. So uh, Mt. Gox had crashed. Silk Road had been shut down. Uh, that bear market bottomed out in 15 and that having was in 16. So this was, you know, really, you know, down sideways, dark bear market times back in that cycle. And Newsweek comes out. Yeah, it was uh, some lady that was just harassing this poor guy that had fuck all to do with Bitcoin. Um, but the reason I like this story is what did the Bitcoin community do? We supported him. We donated to him, we funded him, we invited him to meetups, and we just cheered him up and took care of the guy. And we told Newsweek, back off. No one gives a fuck who Satoshi is. In fact, Satoshi doesn't want anyone to give a fuck who Satoshi is. So Newsweek lady, back off. And okay, Dorian Satoshi Nakamoto, clearly you don't know what Bitcoin is, but in case you're curious, here's some donations, here's a wallet, here's a few sats. Here's a meetup that you can come in. And I actually, hold on, this will be fun. I have a painting that I think, Dad, you paid six Bitcoin for. 
of the guy. And so that's that's uh, it's my favorite, you know, oh, look, we found Satoshi bullshit, because that was an awesome way for the community to respond and to show what Bitcoiners are all about. I'm going to go grab the painting. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Dad. No, I thought Andreas did a great job. He, um, um, I think he was kind of the he started, a, you know, fundraising and just trying to basically say, we're sorry for what you got put through. Um, don't you think a guy who is as sophisticated as he is about his or, the, you know, their her anonymity wouldn't elect to use their middle and last name? Yeah, no, that was like, no. you know, oh, man, I wonder who created Dylan Lito and it can be McDavid Lito. Like, it's just it's like the most. Oh, yeah. man, you're the one who cracked the case. Clearly, he was just using his middle and last name anonymity solved for yeah here's uh you guys want to see a so what is six bitcoin right now three hundred thousand dollars you guys want to see a three hundred thousand dollar painting <laughs> <laughs> no the exchange rate at the time was like i don't know i don't know when this painting was bought so this is yeah this is why you don't spend bitcoin ladies and gentlemen but this is what six bitcoin looks like and there is the man there's Dorian. So it's a nice pen. I just wanted to wait till this face came on so everybody could see. I'm sure people would recognize that once they've seen it, but that's the man. That's probably the most racist thing, sneaky racist thing of all time. Find this Chinese guy on the street and accuse him of inventing. Bitcoin just because his name's Satoshi Nakamoto, middle name and last name, and he's Chinese. So people <laughs> they just assume that this guy must be some sort of software developer because he's Chinese and accused him of inventing Bitcoin. So I thought that was pretty funny to share. Um, Johnny thinks it's the military who created Bitcoin. You know what, man? I'm I'm in the same boat, honestly. I don't think there's a chance that it could have came from anywhere else just because of the precision to do everything with Bitcoin. Every, every single aspect of Bitcoin is so incredibly designed for the Black Rocks. For every single attack that could be thrown at Bitcoin, it's designed for that. And I don't think that there's one person or one group of just random people who could have figured this out. It had to have been the military. And people might think that that's a bad thing, like the NSA. People might think that that's a bad thing, but as I said, I think that there's groups of people and good people within every single organization. And so the reason I think that is because there's absolutely no reason for somebody to release Bitcoin to the world with bad intentions. There, there's just no, there's no path that we go down of bad intentions for Bitcoin. There's no way that this could end in favor of a government. It was released, I think, this is just my opinion, it was released on purpose for the world, for with a purpose, for the good. And I could be wrong, but it just doesn't, nothing else makes sense in my head. There's no benefit to somebody, some bad person putting Bitcoin out there. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't calculate in my head. It would have been somebody rogue for sure. I think, I don't know though. So let's talk about this. Because we talked about 
we're kind of at a point now. We're kind of at a point now where as Bitcoin goes, probably in these next couple of weeks, Bitcoin's going to get to a point or quicker. I mean, after yesterday, anything could happen. And I have no idea what the price is right now. But we're going to get to a point where we're going to hit a new all-time high. And when people, that's going to bring a whole slew of people into this thing. Because everybody still, you can look at the Google, the Google searches still. Nobody gives a shit about Bitcoin. Even today, it's gone up 150% in the last year. And people still don't give a shit about Bitcoin. And the reason for that is because they still consider price to be value. And so just because the price is lower than it was two years ago, everybody knows that Bitcoin hit 64,000 or whatever it was. And so they think that because it's still below that price, that it's less valuable or less valuable today than it was then. And that couldn't be further from the truth. So this is going to happen. It's going to happen fast. And people are all of a sudden going to start rushing into Bitcoin. It's going to happen very fast. But the reason I say this is bigger than we can imagine, because there's there's so much happening right now. There's so much demand for this asset and there's so very little supply. And I think that's the best place to start. Because we talked about the retail coming in. As soon as this cross is the all time high, it's going to be an absolute shit show of people trying to buy Bitcoin. It's happened before. Every cycle it happens like this. And this to me is part of the Satoshi design. It goes up, everybody gets interested, and it's part of the psychology in Bitcoin. Because if it was just released equally, nobody would really care. And when nobody cares, nobody pays attention to it. So the reason these four-year cycles exist, the reason the halvings exist, is to get people interested in it. Because the price shoots up every single time. And we're less than two months away from that right now. So retail's coming in. The halving. Everybody knows that the halving is coming. But I don't think the, the majority of people have no idea what it actually means. And not just the technical side of it, but there's so much demand right now. There's, I think last week we said it was 12x. So for every one Bitcoin, there's 12 people wanting that Bitcoin. 12x, supply versus demand. When this gets cut in half in April, April 20th, 2024, the new supply of Bitcoin gets cut in half. So the demand is going to keep increasing. The, the supply is going to get cut in half and it's going to be an absolute shit show. And I'm, I'm probably going to say that five times here, but that's what I mean. People don't understand. This is so much bigger than we can imagine in every single aspect of it. So the having, I can't understate how important this is going to be. Because that's the only way that new Bitcoin come onto the market. That's how new Bitcoin are created, through the mining process. Every 10 minutes, 6.25 Bitcoin are released to that miner. And the miner can kind of choose what he, she, the company wants to do with that Bitcoin. That's the only time there's new Bitcoin created. Every 10 minutes, 6.25 Bitcoin goes to the miner. They can either sell it for their operating costs or they can hang on to it. But that's the only time new Bitcoin are created. And in two months from now, or less than two months from now, that amount's going to get chopped in half to 3.125 Bitcoin. That's significant. So I think that even though people are aware of the halving, I don't think people fully comprehend what kind of impact that's going to have on the price of Bitcoin. Because as we've said, there could be demand today could go up 100x. 
And in every other industry, stock market, bonds, gold, real estate, they'll, they'll either build more, they'll mine more, they'll issue more stock, whatever that is. In every other industry, if demand 100x tomorrow, the supply would eventually catch up to that. With Bitcoin, that is not the case at all. And we've never had an asset like that before. So people can't wrap their head, head around that. We could go 1,000x tomorrow, new demand for Bitcoin. Supply would not change. The Asian ETFs, I think a lot of people in the Western world only really care about what's happening in the US. And from my understanding of this, in the next couple of weeks, there's a bunch of new markets in Asia, ETFs popping up. And you know how much money is going to flow into those ETFs from Asia? I don't know how many people from Asia invest in the US. I'm, I'm guessing the US is kind of the market or it was. But Asian ETFs, there's a whole new, we're going to get to go through this ETF bubble, not bubble, but demand creation all over again in a couple of weeks with the Asian ETFs. Lots of comments here, and I wish I could keep up to them, but I kind of uh, <laughs> want to keep rolling here. So where was I? Comments distract me too easily. Asian ETFs. Nobody's talking about it. Nobody cares, but it's going to have a massive impact on the demand of Bitcoin and the, the value of Bitcoin. Also, 14, 15, 16, I don't even know the number right now, but there's... 50, let's go with 15. 15 countries around the world right now are hitting all-time highs in Bitcoin. And not just little shithole countries either. We're talking Norway. We're talking Japan. We're talking Egypt, Congo, Nigeria, and Pakistan. All of these countries are hitting an all-time high in Bitcoin right now. And it's honestly, it's not the fact that Bitcoin's it's not because people are understanding Bitcoin. It's because people are scared shitless of their currency. This is what happens when fiat currencies die. Everybody wants to get out of the dollar. They're buying Bitcoin. They're buying houses. They're buying stocks. But eventually, everybody, everybody's going to figure out that this is the place to be in Bitcoin. Because regardless of demand, new supply cannot be created. You cannot print more Bitcoin to keep up with the supply. It's important. Never had an asset like that before. So there's all all-time highs being hit in all these different countries around the world, 15 or 16 countries. But everybody's so focused on the US dollar. That's it. The price in the US. So that's just kind of the indication of what's coming here in the US because it's all just it's not because Bitcoin's become all of a sudden much more valuable to people. It's because the fiat currencies are being printed to oblivion, and that's showing in the prices of their currencies. Japan, Japan's a massive industry, a massive country. And so the fact that they have an all-time high in Bitcoin right now should not be overlooked. Okay, I'm getting a little bit carried away. I need to take a little bit of a break. Retail is definitely not here yet. Think about how many people that you know in your life. How many people have Bitcoin? How many people understand Bitcoin? I'd say one in a thousand probably in the world, one in a thousand people. It might even be less than that. But in your network, in your circles, how many people do you know that own Bitcoin? 
or are aware of Bitcoin, that you didn't help into Bitcoin. Yeah, there's lots of stuff with cryptography, the SHA-256. There's lots of connections there to the, the government. And I think that only, like I said, the precision, the details within Bitcoin had to have been something like the military. Or people think this is crazy, but if you believe in the time travel stuff, who knows? I'm not going to say I do or not, but something there. In the next cycle, there will only be 180,000 coins that will be mined. Is that for four years? 180,000 coins? That's what sailors stacked in the last cycle. Bitcoin will melt faces. Be preparing mentally. Be prepared. Be mentally preparing. <laughs> okay, I have this schedule somewhere. I'm just going to double check on that. What all good nerds do is keep a having cycle handy. Spreadsheet, actually. Let's get rid of Jack. Oh, is my is my video working okay today? I was taking a few clips from yesterday's show, and after I put on that video of Roger Ver, the quality was horrific. Like I was, it was freezing. the The audio was okay, but the video was horrible. So I don't know. Are things good today? I don't know if I keep messing things up with sharing things on here or not, but whatever. Okay, here's the spreadsheet. Always keep these handy. Zoom, let's go to 150. No, let's go to 200. So this is the halving schedule here. And I think it's much easier of, of a visual, visualization to see this way. For me anyways. Video's coming through fine. Good. Roger Ver's cursed. <laughs> so this is the schedule here. And I wish that every person could, I wish that every person on earth could see this and really understand what's happening here. So this is where we are right now. 6.25 Bitcoin every two minutes or every 10 minutes, sorry, on average. Per year, that's 328,000. So over the four years, that's 1.3 million, 900 Bitcoin per day. That's today. In a month and a half from now, this is what we're focused on. 3.125 every 10 minutes. That's the only new Bitcoin that gets created through mining. Government can't print it. There's no CEO or board of directors to, to vote on issuing more of it. 3.125 every 10 minutes. So that gets cut to 450 a day, 165,000 per year. And in the next cycle. Okay, so I'm getting different numbers here than rock and roll. Next cycle, there will only be 180,000. I get 164,000 per year, but over the four years, 650,000 Bitcoin mined. Still though, think about that. This is, this is a perfect example. I wish I could make this bigger. Let's put this in orange, Bitcoin orange. 657,000 Bitcoin over four years. You have Wall Street. You have the Asian ETFs. You have the entire retail market who's about to buy Bitcoin. You have governments who are going to start buying Bitcoin because nobody gives a shit about their currency anymore. 
And over those four years, there's only 650,000 Bitcoin that are going to be created. That is insane. That is absolutely insane. And we haven't even talked about the next part here. Instagram video of Dan Pena. <laughs> what a dink that guy is. Circulating, saying he knows who's behind Bitcoin. And that if we knew, we'd sell immediately because it's going to zero. Yeah, I've, I saw a video saying that he thinks it's Putin. And it very well could be. But we have to remember, we have to keep this in mind. Putin could have invented Bitcoin. But we know from day one, 2009, there's a fly again. 2009, since the first block of Bitcoin was mined, none of those Bitcoin have been issued to anybody. Even if Putin invented Bitcoin, he did not issue any Bitcoin to himself. No Bitcoin. You look at Ethereum, you look at every other cryptocurrency out there. Every time they do a pre-mine and they get all their buddies, all their small circle of buddies, and they send them coins and then they do the ICO and then the little guy can have some. Every single Bitcoin that has been mined has been done through proof of work. You can't just create Bitcoin. You can't just issue Bitcoin. You have to go through the process of mining a Bitcoin and you get rewarded for that. And what would it benefit Putin? I mean, other than knocking off the US dollar, but even at that point, there's really no benefit to Putin if he created Bitcoin. He didn't, he didn't benefit from it. So Dan Pena, I mean, even if, even if I found out it was Putin who invented it, I'm not selling any of my Bitcoin because it's the greatest asset in history, regardless of who invented it. They have no control over it. <laughs> I, should, I should be in a much better mood than I am today. But, yes, agree with all, the, all these comments. And thank you, Letha. Thank you, LV99. Video's coming through fine. And we got Justine, new here. Well, we do this show every morning, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. There's a bunch of beautiful people in the chat every morning. And we just talk things through about Bitcoin, logically. We don't get too excited. We don't get too sad. We just talk things through and make the best possible decisions for ourselves. Who discovered fire? <laughs> exactly. Who discovered the internet? That's a difference. And I think that that is one thing that even Bitcoiners don't understand how, how big this is going to be. Because Bitcoin is not a company. It's not a stock that you can trade. It's not somebody, it's not a company with a CEO, board of directors, with bad publicity on it that could tank everything or make some stupid decisions. This is a protocol. The internet is a protocol. Bitcoin is a protocol. Email is a protocol. Nobody owns email. Nobody owns the internet. But imagine if you could have, imagine if you could have invested, not in a .com, not in a website, but if you actually could get a piece of the internet. And every time somebody used that, the internet, it got more valuable. Well, we have that exact opportunity here with the Bitcoin network. And you're not, you're not actually buying a share in the Bitcoin network. You're just buying the currency 
that runs on top of the Bitcoin network. So it's a protocol. And that's a, that's a big deal. Nostra is a protocol too. And if you're not on Nostra right now, I think you're I think you're insane. If you want to connect with Bitcoiners, if you have a business, if you have an idea, if you have anything and you want to focus on the future, you should be on Nostra. And next week, I got it all written out over here. But next week, we're doing a full week on Nostra. We're talking about what it is, how we can set up for it, the tips, the tricks, best practices. So we can stop spending time on Facebook. We can stop spending time on Instagram where the incentives are all completely backwards. With Noster, you add value, you get value back. It's pretty simple. And you're going to connect with the best people in Bitcoin on there. So that's what we're doing next week. If you're interested, make sure check. There's a link. It says living in the future. Check that out. I think there's a seven day free trial that you can use. There's been people signing up using the seven day free trial. So I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing or not, but either way, sign up as a, the trial or a free member, whatever, but either way, that's Nostra. So these are all protocols, internet, email, Bitcoin, Nostra. These are protocols. These aren't companies. And that's a big deal. So the last one here, and then we're going to wrap things up. Last thing I wanted to talk about was, well, Wall Street, obviously, like Wall Street is part of the whole having the demand for it. But halal. I did a little bit of research into what this means. So this is a Muslim deal, halal. And there's three things for Muslims. First of all, there's 1.8 billion people who follow this religion. And I'm definitely not an expert in it. I'll probably say something stupid, but that's not the point here. 1.8 billion people follow the Muslim religion. And so with that, they have very strict game plan of what they can invest in. And so in order to be halal, it's called, they factor it prohibits any investments against usury, excessive uncertainty, and gambling. And so they look at all these different investments like Bitcoin, goes through a very rigorous scrutinization of it. And this, the Muslims have determined that Bitcoin is halal. And like I said, I apologize if I got that completely wrong or said something stupid, but that's my understanding of it. So 1.8 billion people are going to be buying Bitcoin because they're now able to. And forget the 1.8 billion Focus on the people at the top of that religion. Lots of money there. Lots of money there. And so just to one more time, you got 1.8 billion people coming through here. You got Bitcoin hitting all-time highs in 16 countries. You have the Asian ETFs coming in March. You have the halving coming in April. There's an insane amount of demand coming into Bitcoin and there's a very limited supply. Over these next four years, there's only going to be 650,000 Bitcoin created for everybody I just discussed. Get yourself some Bitcoin. You don't have to go crazy with it. You don't have to sell your house. 
You don't have to do anything stupid. Just get a small amount, whatever you can afford, put it into Bitcoin, hold on to that four years, and you're going to be in a much better position. So that's it. Good show today. I was very worried that it was going to be a disaster because of how wound up I was before the show. But lots of things to be excited about. Lots of things to be excited about beyond comprehension for us right now. It's gone up, yes, but I think that where we are today, if you look at where we're going to be at the end of 2025, we're going to laugh about celebrating going from 56,000 to 57,000. It's a rounding error right now because less than 1% of people are in Bitcoin. So this thing, this entire price right now in fiat dollars is just a rounding error compared to where we're going to be in two years, in six years, and beyond. Oh, man. Imagine having grandkids in 30 years from now and they, they found out that you had this opportunity of a century or of whatever, a millennium to buy Bitcoin. And you didn't, you just sat on your couch and watched Netflix instead and bitched about the governments. So that's where we're going to leave it today. I do want to say thank you, everybody, for being here. We had a good show today, good turnout, lots of uh, people in the chat. Really good to see. And not only the thing with Bitcoin is you have to remember that this is a very niche investment right now. There's a very niche industry. And as this thing grows, every single group of this Bitcoin, everybody in Bitcoin is going to rise with that tide. So we're going to go from a very niche industry to a mainstream industry. And every single person who's attached to that in any way is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. So consider the Patreon, we're doing some really cool things in there. We're learning about Bitcoin. We're learning about building a business in Bitcoin and a bunch of other cool things and just the network aspect of it. So it's free to try. If you don't like it after a month, it's five bucks, cancel it. And I do appreciate once again, everybody being here, everybody who's been liking, subscribing. The channel's growing really well. I would never ask you to subscribe, but if you get any sort of value from it, it makes a difference. So Bought some yesterday morning for my son's 27th birthday. Wow. He's going to thank you one day. And his kids are going to thank you one day. All right, everybody. Have a great Tuesday. Maybe that's why I'm in a grouchy mood today. It's Tuesday. Oh, well, we had a good show. Every, everybody, have a great Tuesday. The best Tuesday of your entire life. Life is short. Spend it doing things you love with the people you love. And we'll see you right back here first thing tomorrow morning. Bye-bye.